0: What are the things that keep this congregation rooted, not based on you? This is really the function of the creed in many respects. We need our congregations free to be able to live in that clarity.
1: Then your conscience is bound to follow what you believe to be true. There's a
0: sense of gracious orthodoxy that we want to have. Welcome to the Lutheran Church Planter, a podcast exploring the theology, philosophy, and practice of planting new Lutheran congregations. I'm your host, Andy Coyle, church planter and director of home missions for the Association of Free Lutheran Congregations, joined by my co host and fellow church planter, Matthew Ballman. And we have been dealing with a lot of issues related to church planting in these first few episodes foundational things, uh, thinking through the reason why we plant churches. And we've transitioned into the next question of what are we trying to plant? And we've been talking around a a number of key things here. And starting in this episode going forward, we're really going to be diving down into that identity and answering in more specific ways on what are we trying to plant. And that is such a a key, key uh, question within church planting. And really within all of our congregations, Uh, the things that we're going to be talking about now aren't just for church plants, but they're for congregations, congregational health, congregational identity. And, and so we want to get into our identity more. And some of this is going to be kind of inside baseball. So if you are not a member of the association of free living congregations, um, some of this might relate to you, some of it might not. I think the heart behind it will, because you'll have your own identity within the congregations that you are with, too. But, and so some of this stuff is going to just be related to free Lutherans, and, that, and that's okay. Um, but as we get into this, I think it's important for us to understand that in the current state of our AFLC, um, there's a little bit of confusion as to what a free Lutheran is. And I've noticed that as I try to talk to people, and and I've heard that from many people. For example, if you have 50 free Lutherans in a room, you're going to get 51 different definitions on what a free Lutheran is. And it's kind of an interesting thing, just because of the nature of our heritage and some of the different emphases that we have. Uh, people tend to focus on one thing and think, yes, this is what it means to be a free Lutheran. We believe in evangelism, or no, we believe in uh, a mission, or... The sacraments are all these different types of things. And we tend to sort of silo that within our congregations based off of our experiences, based off of our personality and, and other things. And so, you know, over time that develops into a lot of confusion. And so when we try to answer that question, what are we trying to plant? What we're really trying to get at is what is our identity? Do we have an identity? And if we do, what is that identity? And if we have that identity, what's our response to that identity? Because it turns out that we actually do have an identity. And what that means then is that we are not free to define free Lutheran however we want. And so that's kind of a key thing. I think just think about that. If everyone was able to define what a free Lutheran was, that's going to lead to chaos. It's going to lead to total chaos. And so as we get into this, uh, what we want to do is talk about this identity. And we're going to get into the details in the next episodes, but we do actually have a received identity in the AFLC. It's not something that we're making up. This isn't something that I'm making up. Uh, this is something that we have received from our forefathers uh, in the AFLC and in the Lutheran Free Church, going all the way then back to the Reformation. So, for example, we actually have documents that define who we are Luther's Small Catechism, the Unaltered Augsburg Confession. We have the fundamental principles and, you know, setting up the polity of and the rules of work within the AFLC. And so none of what we're going to be talking about is stuff that we are creating, is stuff that we are inventing. We are simply trying to establish what does it mean to be a free Lutheran? And as you look back at the history in the LFC, I mean, you see in those first 30 years or so, this clear vision and passion about the identity of what it meant to be in the Lutheran Free Church. But starting about to and, and moving into the merger, uh, historians look back and say, man, we've kind of lost the vision there. We sort of lost the the light of what it means to be within the Lutheran Free Church, which led then to the merger and the and the reestablishment of the AFLC. And, and many people are kind of saying similar things now, well, man, are, are we losing our vision? Are we losing our identity? But if we don't know what our identity is, it's really hard to recapture that. And so I think what we want to start we want to start with this episode is just sort of presenting as a whole what our identity is, and then the next episode's going into the specific detail. And so we do have an identity. Matt, we, we kind of break it down into this free-living Lutheran thing. Can you just sort of uh, present the framework of that as our received identity?
1: Yeah, and I love as I think about just as I was listening to you do the introduction here. Like, I love our AFLC. I love um, who we are as a church, and we are not perfect. And often people ask me the question, like, "Well, hey, why? You know, why are you Free Lutheran? And you know, how did you join the group? And why are you a part of it?" And and uh, my response, like, you know, I I love our church body. I think it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing, and it really is captured really well by these three words. And again, I know in the coming maybe next six episodes, we're going to try to unpack what all these mean. But in brief what is it? What is our identity? It's that we are free, living, and Lutheran. And each one of those, we can kind of further break it down. But this idea of freedom is freedom in the gospel, like most importantly, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, freedom in Christ, that we don't live under the burden um, of the law. Uh, but there's also the freedom of the local congregation as well, and where the spirit is ruling and the word of God is ruling supreme. So the, that that's freedom. We are free. And that's different that sets us apart from other church traditions that are out there, Um, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, We're also the living, in that there is this, this beautiful church, this congregation that we've talked about that is filled by the Spirit, animated by the Spirit, and that produces the fruit of the Spirit. Piety is one of the words we use, right? This holiness of living, the sanctifying work of the Spirit and of the Word of God in the congregation, in the individual members of that congregation, uh, that it's a, it's a living being. It's not just this kind of dead building, uh, but th- th- in fact, Paul refers to it as a living building that is being built up, right? Living stones, he says. Uh, and, and because it's a living, that means it's on the move, that it's growing. And that's this idea of mission that comes out of that. And that's always been a part of our heritage as a free Lutheran church, um, that we're we're passionate and zealous for mission, for sharing this good news of the, of the gospel with people. And kind of finally there would be uh, not only free not only living but Lutheran and that we are rooted in we we very much understand ourselves coming and following in the received I use that lowercase Catholic tradition that that we're not all of a sudden in the 1500s making up something new but the the reformers say we are we are not trying to create a new church but we're reforming the one true church that has continued throughout history but kind of this poisonous doctrine had seeped into it and this evolution of teaching kind of took place over time and say so we want to get back to the Bible, to the word of God, Adapontus. Um So being Lutheran is, we are part of this lowercase C, kind of Catholic word and sacrament rooted in history, sacramental in, in our understanding of who we are and how God works in the world. So free living Lutheran, that's our received identity. And um, th- that's something that um, really, on one hand, is simple and yet really deep in each one of those. What would you say though, Andy? Like, yeah, I was like commenting on those, on those three, what would you say like um, maybe is, what makes it difficult for us to maybe hold those three together or what components do we, are we maybe tempted to kind of lose in today's culture?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, as you look at the history within the LFC, going into the AFLC, there were certain battles that were fought, right? And you look at the key battles going into the merger on the inerrancy of scripture. That was a huge thing. And this neo-orthodoxy that was uh, going growing and growing and growing. We, we saw in that history, um, a fear of polity losing that beauty of the congregation and, and certainly about piety. Right. And, and so those are kind of the key things that people are really, really focused on then. And 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 a lot of those battles are still around, but they've, as we were talking about earlier, it's like the work has been done and, and we can fall on their shoulders of you know, articulating the inerrancy of the word and, and all the types of things, right? I, I think some of the issues today, I, if we're honest, I think people are losing, uh, I would say, a clarity on a word and sacrament ministry uh, and, and maybe a clarity on mission and evangelism. I, I, think, I think in the AFLC, I think people understand congregationalism pretty well. And I think for many people, that's that's the defining characteristic. That's it's all who we are. Well, we're just free, and that's what we can do whatever we want. We can define what it means to be a congregation, all that we want. We're we're independent. We don't need anybody else. We can do whatever we want. Mm. Uh, I think for many of that, they they tend to see that. I think the gospel is pretty well captured in our in our church bodies pretty well. Uh, we'll get into that. I think piety. I think piety has been. Um, it's it's it has a healthier perspective now as from some of the legalism that we see in the past, um, but that heart for mission, that heart for evangelism, and I, and I see that is growing. I think in our church body, but that has been a huge thing in our in our heritage. But word and sacrament, there's still a there's still a resistance to the beauty of the sacraments that we see, and and even a connection to history. And we live in we live in a time in our world in our culture that is more a historical than ever before you know like we, we think that we, we we don't need people we, we want to be independent we want to be by ourselves and define and be free to define whatever we want that is just kind of a pervasive hmm. mentality in our culture and that has shifted over into the church big time and so we we now just go and operate congregations without any care or concern about what God did for the previous 2000 years hmm. and and that's really dangerous. Hmm. And so, what I love about this identity is that what it does is it just sort of keeps it as one and, and and I think sometimes we want to isolate these things and 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 I mentioned earlier how maybe my personality lines up with one of these things more than the rest or something. Maybe the way I'm wired I lines up with it, one of these things more than the rest, or maybe our congregations. Uh, maybe we, we love them one more than the other, but then what happens is we tend to neglect those things and we lose out on the beauty of this package. And so our heart in this is to see this as this holistic unity. Mm. This, it's a unit. It's not, it's not one or the other. Like we don't want to just simply be free. We we don't want to simply be living and we don't want to simply be Lutheran. And, and we are not permitted to neglect those things. And I think that's a, that's strong language But this is, if we're honest with our identity as free Lutherans, if we're honest with the subscriptions that we have with congregations, going back all the way to the LFC and into the AFLC, if we recognize that we are subscribing to certain things, small catechism, Oxford confession, fundamental principles, rules for work, things like that, then we have to be honest and recognize that that free living Lutheran really does capture who we really are. Mm. And that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And so um, as we get into this, then maybe let's press that a little bit more. What does that look like when maybe we separate these things? What does that look like when this shared identity is neglected? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think, well, I mean, a lot of things kind of come to mind. One of those is a confusion. When you have a identity identity, Crisis. You have a crisis of what is even the purpose, in some ways, of this church body. And I think maybe the picture of you know the battleship versus a a um, aircraft carrier. If a battleship all of a sudden says, you know, maybe we should allow airplanes like fighter jets to land, right? And we don't don't really use battleships anymore, but we should allow the F sixteen or the F twenty two to land on our deck. Well, it's like, what are you going to do? Clear all your guns off your deck, right? No, there's like an intended purpose. And when you get confusion about that, that can create all types of, of just confusion and even the mission of how, what does your congregation look like? What does the life of the congregation look like? What do you emphasize? What do you talk about? Because you're not, you're not clear on who you are and what you're supposed to look like. So it's, I, it's literally identity crisis. That's what it means, right? Asking the question of where do I find, what am I about? <laughs> what sets me apart? What makes me what I am? So I think that's like the most basic level. That's the danger when you, when you lose, when this kind of vision of your identity is dimmed, kind of the language that some of our, our founding fathers talked about, like the dimming of this vision of our identity. I, I think that's one thing just right off the top of my mind that, that comes, what, what, what would you add to that?
0: Yeah. I'm just thinking about like how these all work together and I, going back to the question of. When people, when, when people ask me, what is a free Lutheran? I remember when we first started planting Shiloh and trying to define that and just feeling like frustrated that like, how do I, how do I describe this? And, 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 and I know others in our AFLC have similar frustrations too, which is why this, this list is so valuable. But, I, you know, I found like, well, you know, free Lutherans, we're the ones that really believe the Bible or we're the ones that really get the gospel right. Or we're the ones that really believe in the congregational autonomy and, or we really believe in evangelism and and i think sometimes we 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 focus on those things and then we neglect some of the other things so mm-hmm. for example if we if uh, when is it neglected well if i if i'm a congregation or a pastor that is only a, obsessed with uh piety and i neglect mission that's a problem i'm not a free lutheran then mm. If if I'm a pastor or a congregation that is a is passionate about congregational polity and the freedom of the congregation, but I neglect word and sacrament ministry, I'm not a free Lutheran. Mm. If I'm if I'm a pastor or a congregation that is passionate and is obsessed with word and sacrament ministry, but I don't care about piety or evangelism, I'm not a free Lutheran. And, and, and so I think is I think let's just call it out. It is, it is what it is. And so this is. I think this rubric here is very helpful for us to see like, man, this is the, the heritage that we have inherited. This is not something that I've created. This is not something you've created. This is not something that uh, 3110 East Medicine Lake Boulevard has created. This is something that we have inherited and received. And it is a beautiful package when it is all held together,
1: mm-hmm.
0: when it's held together. But when it's not held together, then it is something else entirely is created. And really what that does then, it breeds disunity. And, and I wonder, and I haven't done the study on this, and it would be interesting to find out more, but you know, within some of the historical um, battles that have taken place in the AFLC, if some of those things didn't find their root in this issue, that instead of this really clear, shared, holistic unity mm. that that holds intention, the power and the passion of evangelism with the beauty and the earthiness of word and sacrament ministry and the beauty of piety and the fruit of the spirit with the gospel and the congregation and the shared history and the confessional subscription, all that kind of stuff. If, if all those battles didn't arise simply because we were not focused on this thing that has captured us all together. Mm. And instead we silo ourselves. No, to be free Lutheran is to only care about having a personal relationship with Jesus. No, nope, To be free Lutheran is only to, to not, you know, to, to focus on word and sacrament ministry or be rooted in history or whatever else. And so I think this is the answer for so many um, issues related to our identity. And the more that our congregations, not only is a church plant, but just our regular congregations can, can see the beautiful package that comes down to us through, from our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, our forefathers in the faith, only good things can come out of this. Because otherwise, unity, this unity is going to continue to be bred Right. Mm. And, but, but also what about accountability? What about guardrails? Maybe speak to that. How, how do, how does neglecting our identity create a situation where we lose accountability?
1: Yeah. When you don't know what over the line is, where you don't know where the fence is, so to say, so to say, uh, so to speak, well, how can you hold anyone accountable to anything? Right. It's kind of like with, with my kids and I got five kids. If I don't tell them very clearly, this is like basic parenting 101 if you're frustrated with how your kids are behaving you need to you can't just like uh give them a consequence for no reason you gotta very clearly say hey you're not allowed to do this or you should not do this or you should do this and then you tell here's the consequence right like you gotta have nowhere that line you cannot throw dirt at your siblings like this morning i had to tell my kids you can't throw dirt at your siblings (laughs) very clearly or you're sitting on the bench for five minutes like that's how it works so If I didn't, if I didn't very clearly say you can't, you shouldn't throw dirt. Like that's just not kind. That's not loving. Well, how, why would I be upset or frustrated that they're throwing dirt, right? So the very fact that we're stating something, so here this is really the function of the creeds in many respects. Like the the church very early on was saying, here's how, here's how we talk about who God is. That He is three distinct persons, one divine being. Like this is the line, so to speak, and you can't reject this, deny this. or else you're not Orthodox, you're not Christian. Like that, that's just the line that is being uh, drawn in the sand there. So I, having that, um, having those those things of, of who we are and being clear on our identity, our convictions that we're free living Lutheran and, and you know, all of that that kind of entails allows us then for our congregations, I would say the congregation, the people in the congregation, the congregants to hold their pastors accountable, <laughs> the councils to hold their, their, their pastor accountable and vice versa, the congregation accountable. Uh, but then also, I would say the the greater AFLC, I think that the function of the coordinating committee to hold the pastors accountable, right? And we want, I want, if I if I start teaching things that are out of line with the word of God or our confessions, I pray and hope, and if coordinating committee members are listening to this, or future coordinating committee, like, I want you. I want you to love me enough to hold me accountable to saying... Hey, Matt, you said you you confess this and you, you say you believe this, and yet you're teaching something contrary to that. Like, what's the disconnect there, right? Like accountability is such a wonderful thing. It's not, it's not legalism. Could it slide into that? Sure. Um, if we try to nail down every single detail, but we've not done that. That's one of the kind of the beauties. And maybe that's kind of my question as you were sharing earlier, and I maybe asked this what what is what is the how do we think about the diversity within our church body? And having these kind of boundaries at the same time, like I, I think that's yeah. that's an interesting question that we have to think about.
0: yeah, that's that's really a key question. I think as we dive into these in the weeks to come, uh, we'll probably press on some of those specific things, but but really, these markers, you know, the pre-living Lutheran, uh, they're all foundational things. So these these aren't things that we are saying that we can neglect or forget or marginalize. However, there there is so much more that can be added to these things Mm -hmm. and the expression of these things within our congregations. And so our heart is to say, we can't take away from these, but we certainly can let them be colored and shaped in our congregations in unique ways. Yeah. And, and we can add within the practices to sort of um, shape these aspects. But, but if I'm the, if I'm denying them or if I'm marginalizing them or if I'm neglecting them, that's a different issue. And so that's why it's so significant for us to have such clarity on these foundational things. These, these are not things that we can say, well, I don't, I don't really know. It doesn't really matter, but, but this is core core stuff. And I think the gifts then that we receive when we plant ourselves in that foundation is a beautiful thing. I mean, it's like you talked about accountability Uh, having clarity on what we are leads then to accountability. There's a tool then that we can actually do real assessment. If we are free to be whatever we want and we are free to practice or believe or teach or confess whatever we want, how on earth is there going to be accountability? That's one of the greatest critiques about the current um, sort of independent evangelical world right now where the pastor controls everything. I mean, we, we talk about being against the synodical situations or the Pope and just look at the evangelical world where the pastor is essentially a Pope of every congregation mm. and they, they are their own authority structure. They are their own accountability structure. that they, they, they control everything. And, and so at the same time, then they, you know, scream at the Roman church for their synodical structure or their bishops when really the pastor has become their own Pope. Mm. And, and so- they're And they're free to be whatever they want. I remember when we first started Shiloh, man, this was really early on. And, um, I want to say it was two months after I started, there was a, a man who came to Shiloh and, uh, he's now our president, <laughs> but, um, he, he had a very insightful question. I mean, And I remember him saying, okay, so you're a free congregation. And he, he had a background in the evangelical free church, um, but he had left it because he was kind of frustrated over this issue. And he said, so what, what keeps you grounded? Mm -hmm. Are are you free to do whatever you want? Hmm. Or, I mean, what, what are the things that keep this congregation rooted, not based on you Yeah, and what you confess and what you teach and what your ideas are. And I'm like, man, that's a good question. And I got, was able to talk to him about our identity and what we subscribe to and the things that are beyond me. Uh, But that, that is the issue. There's accountability without clarity. There's no accountability. And so I think your point on that is so, so good. And that is a healthy thing. It's what we need. We need our congregations and our, our boards, our elder boards, our our councils, our deacons, whatever, what we have uh, free to be able to uh, just live in that clarity. Yeah. And from that clarity, there's freedom.
1: Man, yeah, I've had two, two 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 conversations just like that in just the last 30 days, the last month. And I think there are a lot of people who have seen, and this is you know, whole we could have a whole podcast on like, you know, that word free. What does that mean? In our culture today, we we've we think of freedom as like radical freedom to do whatever you want to do. Right. How dare you tell a person what you're right? In our country, we're free to do whatever we want. No, the founding fathers understood freedom, life, liberty, right, pursuit of happiness. Uh, freedom, this type of freedom is the freedom to do the right thing. the freedom to submit to the word of God and the spirit of God. So it's not a radical freedom, and I think that's a really important definition. Again, we're talking theological freedom. Um, <laughs> we're using that word in a theological way, not a, a political way, but I think there's kind of an overlap there of it's not like radical to do whatever you want. And that's kind of a maybe a misnomer a misunderstanding of that word today in our own circles. But no, there are boundaries. And here's another way, kind of a word picture. Someone once asked me like, hey, is it possible to talk about Jesus too much? And I was like, no, I don't think you, can, you, you can't talk about Jesus too much, but you can certainly not talk about the Father and the Spirit enough. So, so this is that idea that kind of like, it's all, right? We have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We wanna, we wanna speak to all of who God is and not just part. I think this is kind of getting to that even free living and yeah. Lutheran. We're not just free or just living or just Lutheran, but we wanna affirm all of these is it possible to talk about freedom too much? Well, no, but it is possible not to talk about being living in Lutheran, right? Yeah, that's
0: really good. That's that's a really good uh, way to present that. You know, as we talk about the other gifts of embracing or living in this shared identity, I think just the idea that we're tying into something bigger than ourselves. We're tying into this shared uh, faith of the church for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And there's something uh, exhilarating about that. And and again, that's countercultural to the moment we live in right now that is so obsessed with self, right? And obsessed with our own wanting to do things the way we want to do. But this package that we have received, that we have not created, but that we have received that has come down to us really ties us into the faith of the church, the faith of our great, 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 great grandparents, the faith of the great heroes of the faith it's not something new it's not novel it's not a fad and that's such a beautiful beautiful package okay so as we as we approach this now I think we, we have established that we have this heritage we have established that we have uh, this faith and I think the question then is what do we do with it what is our approach now to that shared identity
1: but a couple things one I think it's important that we actually familiarize ourselves with that identity. So study it. We need to study it. We need to yeah. not, we need to value it enough, value the people who went before us enough to say, let's familiar. And that, that goes all the way back from, you know, uh, kind of a soapbox for me. It's like, let's study what the early church said. Let's study what the reformers said. Let's study what our founding fathers said, you know, sign up for the sphere Drep journal. Like that's a great way read. Um, You know, we have these, we have several books on the history of the AFLC. Like that is really valuable for us to be studying and being familiar with what, what were they focused on? What were they passionate about? What were some of the battles that they were they were facing? Because that, that's all part of our identity. Yeah, that's a huge thing right there.
0: Because I think what has led to maybe the problem here is just this assumption that we all know what it is. Mm-hmm. Without really studying it and learning it and defining it, we just assume, well, I grew up in this way and I have these sort of experiences and these sort of perspectives. And so, therefore, a free Lutheran is this. Without actually... Really studying what does this actually mean? What is this identity, this package that I've in, I've inherited? And so that is such a good point to study it, to learn it. Again, we have tremendous resources. I know uh, Parish Ed just put out the Gospel and Congregation Study, mm. and and you referenced some other things. I think we have a brand new his history of the FLC coming out by Pastor Lee in the next I don't know year or two, whatever. That's going to be a tremendous resource, and so we have we have great things. There's no excuse for not finding good material. So study it, learn it. Yeah, what
1: else? Yeah, I think a second thing is then walking with integrity uh, with that. And it, this is important. Like, Right. If, if we if we have a certain theological conviction as free Lutherans, which we do, right? Again, we, we point to kind of our, our documents here, Augsburg Confession, small catechism, rules for work. If you have a conviction that that is not in line with the word of God or contradicts the word of God, I would suggest that it's an issue of integrity that you me, you know, maybe as a pastor, <laughs> you need to find another church body that you can walk with integrity. And like that to me, like integrity is like such an important component that our, our consciences are, um, free to follow the word of God, but to recognize that that freedom, um, does not extend by rewriting and redefining what it means to be free Lutheran. That if you're, if you're truly not free Lutheran, then perhaps the Lord is is calling you to be part of another, you know, good, wonderful church body someplace else and minister faithfully there, but it's, it would be disingenuous to um, continue remaining free Lutheran. If, if you don't believe what we believe as free Lutherans.
0: Yeah. This goes back to a couple episodes. We talked about convictions, right? And that everyone has convictions. Mm -hmm. Everyone has to take a position on something. And so this idea that we can just sort of be loosey goosey about everything that doesn't really work in reality, that doesn't provide answers for people that really need answers as they go through the hardships of life and struggling spiritually and growing spiritually. And and so this idea of integrity is a really, really key thing. If I don't, if I don't care about piety well, maybe the free Lutheran church isn't for me. Mm -hmm. If I don't care about evangelism, well, maybe, maybe it's not for me. If I don't care about a congregational polity, maybe it's not for me. If I don't care about a baptism, infant baptism and the Lord's supper and all these things, well, maybe, maybe it's not for me. If I don't care about the history of the church and the creeds and all that kind of stuff that we subscribe to, well, maybe it's not for me. And and we're not saying that you're not a Christian at all. Mm, That's That is not what we're saying. We're not saying that, I mean, obviously a lot of other church bodies reject a lot of those things, okay? They have their own package, and that's the thing. Uh, Everybody has their own package. But what we are saying is that be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. Have integrity for you and your congregation because as you are learning and clarifying that package that provides you so much freedom and so much joy and so much passion to design your ministry around those core fundamental identity markers. It's, it's really, really important. So identity is such a key thing.
1: And I would I may add further comment on that. Cause that, you know, this isn't us like trying to boot people out the door, obviously. And I would say like it, there is a place for people to ask questions and wrestle with things. Like, so if, if, this is very applicable even within our own congregations. We think about people who can be a part of our church. Like we have membership requirements for a reason. We're not saying, hey, just be a Christian. You can become a member. Like that, that's not been the historic practice of the Lutheran Church or the Free Lutheran Church. But there are, are other things that saying, like, we're not Southern Baptist. And praise God for Southern Baptist, right? Wonderful. But we're, we're, not, we're not Southern Baptist because we don't believe— that the word of God teaches all the things that they hold to, or that they reject certain things that the word of God teaches. So our membership requirements are, are going to be different. Southern Baptist church will require, you have to believe in believers baptism, right? They're going to reject our position. So it's okay when we got to acknowledge our differences, but it's okay to maybe wrestle with that. So if we have people that are saying like, man, I'm not really sure. Like I I, I've always grown up with this, uh, this opinion of believers baptism, but I'm yeah, I'm starting to study the scripture and history and realize, like, wow, maybe there's another way to look at this, that doesn't automatically mean you don't belong. So there, there is a place for, when we talk about walking with integrity of questioning and wrestling through and saying, I'm open to learning on this issue. In fact, I hope our, a lot of our churches are full of those type of people that are saying, I, I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm wrestling with these things. But I think the integrity issue is when you have come to that point of saying, I have studied this I have searched the Word of God, and I 100% believe this is right or this is wrong. And that contradicts what we believe is free Lutherans. That's when then kind of the that's when the line has been drawn. It's like, okay, now to walk in integrity, you need to to go over here, right? If you are a Roman Catholic, if you believe the Roman Catholic teaching that the Pope is the Vicar of Christ and you're at a free Lutheran Church, I would say, hey, let's wrestle with it, let's talk through that. Let's spend time. Let's spend a year wrestling and talking through this and studying it. But if at some point, that is your conviction, hundred percent. then your conscience is bound to follow what you believe to be true on that. Right. And as an example, not saying that that's the right, right. But as an example, the point, the point there being is we're not just willy nilly, whatever you want to believe that there are things that we hold to as part of our identity.
0: Yeah. I think just as you were talking there, I was, I was thinking about the approach of all this. And I think you bring up a good point of just the time to really read through and think through this. Mm. Uh, There's a, there's a sense of gracious orthodoxy that we want to have. And and I was just sort of thinking about this in our life group the other night in in our home, we're going through this book that sort of talks about some of these things. And one of the guys was saying who comes from a very, very um, aggressive Pentecostal background, and he's just coming into understanding the sacraments and other types of things. And he was just saying how that as he's a Uh, adding more things in his appreciation of the faith. It's tempering other things. And I think as we look at these markers, right, if we elevate one over the others, sometimes then we can get unbalanced and it's just, it's creating an, not a good picture. And what I, what I love about this is that these all temper one another. And, and, and we can, let's say, say for example, that we are going to be hardcore word and sacrament people. We're going to take a book of Concord and we're just going to nail people in the head with it. well, that's probably not a good move. But as we look at piety and evangelism and mission and gospel and and this approach of history, that's going to temper our approach to people with word and sacrament convictions. Same with uh, all these things. And so th- that's another reason why this is such a gift as a whole is that we are saying all these things are amazing. They are beautiful. They are special. God uses them to help form us and shape us and to root our congregation on and as as we keep them in tension with one another they temper one another and they fulfill one another and they create a, a graciousness of truth that helps us live out our lives with with integrity with joy and with passion as I, I i just love this identity that we have received and what has been fought for not only within the free lutheran church but but in the broader historic churches. It's, it's a, it's a great thing. Anything else with that approach to identity that you want to get into?
1: Yeah. So study, learn it, um, walk with integrity in it. I think those are just the really, the really big thing. I mean, you could say celebrate it. I think that's, that's an important component and that's what's kind of the, the point of yeah. that new study that that parish ed put out <clears throat> on the congregation. And, you know, we can recommend that, um, shout out to parish ed and uh, all the work that they put into that, <clears throat> uh, that, that celebrate, who we are. Like, I think that's an important thing that we know as local congregations, what what defines us, what sets us apart, what are our kind of unique characteristics, not just a, when we get together for annual conference, but in our local congregations. And, you know, we could do that through Bible studies, these studies, going through this study, the marks of the congregation. It could be, you know, little including things in the back of your bulletin. Maybe it's a different kind of mark or component description of what the AFLC is, or it could be, you know, including writings of, um our founding fathers, whether it's, you know, the Reformation or church history or the AFLC in your church email and sending those out. So just being familiar and conversant with the language and the emphases and celebrating that in our local churches. I think that'd be maybe my final kind of thought on that is let's study it, let's walk with integrity in it, and let's celebrate it.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Super important topic today. It's something that maybe we don't talk about enough. I think going forward now, we're going to try to dive into each of these markers just so that we can better understand this heritage and how to live that out in our own personal lives and the lives of our congregation. So thanks for joining us today. We'd love again to have your help. Subscribe to the show, share it, tell people about it. We want this content to be useful and beneficial for not only just our church planners, but for all of our congregations, our lay people, as we seek to um, help our people understand the beauty of the congregation and the necessity for why we want to plant more and more congregations. If you're interested in exploring church planting within the Lutheran Free Church or the Free Lutheran Church, we'd love to visit with you. Contact us at aflchomemissions.org. We'll see you next time.